Welcome to the Heroes of Reality Podcast, a podcast about the game of life and the hero's journey we all experience. Let's jump in with our host, Dylan Watkins, as he introduces today's guest. Hello, young adventurers. Dylan here. And on today's podcast, I interview Brent Bushnell. He is the founder, CEO of 2-Bit Circus, a multimedia, highly entertaining, interactive amusement park of the future. Uh, he's a very cool guy. I've known for years in the virtual reality space. Everything he always builds has a lot of social aspects to it. And he's really at the kind of the, the, the bleeding edge of high-end amusement park entertainment and technology. Uh, him and his partner, Eric Gradman, also have a nonprofit where they focus a lot of STEM entertainment. So at his in-person amusement park, you can find things like um, interactive AR, augmented reality projects. You can find just like unique physical products, kind of like a local Burning Man-esque, uh, vibey, good times, good deeds, kind of fun entertainment, social stuff. And he's also created a new product since the, since COVID here called Remote, where they have this virtual trivia game show platform. Very cool stuff. And so we talk a lot about virtual reality, uh, developing in virtual reality, designing applications, some of the typical pitfalls that people have when they get into the space. Uh, what do they need to do to reach out? And um, what are some of his value sets as, he, as, as a company and how did they form and, and what, what keeps him going when times get tough? So this is a, a wonderful conversation. I really enjoyed the talks and it was amazing to catch up with uh, my old friend, uh, Brent. And so without any further ado, Brent Bushnell. Hey, Brent, how goes it, buddy? Dylan, how are you, man? Thanks for, thanks for having me today. Of course, brother. It is always a pleasure to connect with you, man. I've, uh, I've, I've known you since I started this whole VR journey years ago, even before it was VR, when you were one of the judges for USC. Yeah, that's right. Eight, oh, nine cool. years ago, something like that. That and really puts it in perspective, man. Dude, man. I remember getting on stage and just pitching an idea and going, man, this guy's cool. What's he up to? And then you hand me like one of your two-bit circus cards that was still like a piece of paper thing, right? And I Dude, went to the website, the landing page. So we, the, the, was it one of these tickets? Yeah, it was one of those tickets. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. Since the pandemic, I've not, I've probably given out two of these, you know? I mean, it's like... Yeah amazing yeah you, you can't really fax them to people you know it's not a it's not it's a, a thing. It's an experiential thing you know it doesn't work over zoom <laughs> well i think a lot of that too i mean uh one of the reasons why i really connected and resonated with you is a lot of things that you do is a very experiential kind of not, not the same thing but burning man s but where you actually it's more about the human connection and the joy that you share in between people yeah. And, and a lot of things that you do build in those types of essence. It's about the connection that you build as you play. I'd love to learn a kind of a little bit about your philosophies and kind of like how you do that and what your thoughts are on that kind of uh, that subject. You know, it was interesting. My co-founder and I, you know, Eric Gradman, we met in 2008. And, you know, even then, you know, people were on Facebook and on their phones and like not together live. And we really were were captivated by live and felt like there was sort of a lot of magic in, you know, face-to-face, -face, you know, in-person, multiplayer. And, and so that was sort of a big focus for us. And we didn't really have a business model around it or anything. We just, you know, knew that we liked in-person. And so we were 
you know and 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 i think part of that was also about like it's the best version right it's it's a high resolution the highest resolution it's you know uh, uh uh you can incorporate sight and sound and taste and you know you can sort of add all the things and and so we were really you know inspired by michael douglas and the game um and just wanted more of that kind of stuff and and i think that you know as technology gets all the better like like you know we are still social animals but we kind of need good reasons to get together and i think a pandemic has made it all the more clear you know we 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 love getting together live people are going nuts not being able to do that but you know in the future as the sort of tax for getting together live goes up i think the 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 the, the need for the experiences to be quality and special you know is also going to go up too yeah there's there's a certain amount of value exchange of getting together in person that you have when you see a friend and uh for example like one of the things i miss about not this post era is the fact that i can't go to my typical vr events and run across old friends yeah. and go hey what up how you doing let's get a drink have you tried that demo let's go over there well like, and dylan you and i are lucky because we have those friends that we can call on right imagine if you were at the beginning of your career right now and trying to build that relationship over zoom i mean oh my god and that was the thing i know like i was talking to someone else in the previous podcast and i was like you know how do you how do you get your how do you get into the vr industry and they're like oh go to meetups or go to conferences or go to like you're like oh that's not an option you gotta like zoom bomb people yeah and so yeah we are super fortunate and we were definitely there from the from the the grounds up getting into the space and i think there you're right there's there's always going to be quality experiences are never going to go away as a thing right so if you build an incredible quality experience people are going to you know, like if you look at food, you could have, if you had the most delicious um, chicken sandwich, for example, you will go into the most dangerous neighborhood to try to obtain that because you're like, you know what? Yeah. I'm going for it. I'm going to yeah. go for it. I don't care. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. I might even yeah. wait in line, you know, and like, like it's worth it. Yeah, <laughs> I think that uh, one thing I noticed too, with this whole thing is people will get together with other friends, because they're like, oh, we're all on the inside. You're my friend, I'm your friend. And so you'll find small cohorts of people going together. They won't go mm. to big places necessarily off the gate right now, even though I know vaccines are coming, all this stuff's coming. But you have this kind of like this inward, like, hey, we're all friends. I trust you, you trust me, let's go here. Man. I've seen that, what about you? You know, it's it's interesting because I think that, you know, there's, there's argument to be made that, that, that California specifically, the, the response to COVID might have actually made things worse, you know, and, and you know, there, there's, there's sort of two sides of it, right? We are in the middle of a pandemic. It is very scary. There is, a, you know, that we've got this new variant from the UK. There's, there, we're, we're learning really super fast about how to, how to uh, properly respond. But, you know, there, we, we saw for a, a moment, you know, kind of like as, as a respiratory disease, like where you could do it properly out in pub, you know, outdoor dining and, and whatnot. And, you know, the, 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 when you don't allow people that outlet, where do they go? They go into their homes and they're gonna maybe do it not safely, right? Whereas the, the restaurants whose, whose health, you know, permit was dependent on their operations are gonna do it as safely as they possibly can. 
And so I think that there's a, you know, a, 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 a possible scenario where we, we really needed to give people an outlet and a safe outlet so that they weren't getting together, you know, just privately. Um, Cause I think there, you know, is there's potential. You can, to you can totally do it. I mean, for the last couple of months, I've been on, on the road traveling, oddly enough. And I, I did a month in New Orleans when like the, wow. the COVID eye of the hurricane came through. And as it came through, they opened up. All right. And it went from phase three to phase two. And I got to, I, I got to try New Orleans food and it's incredible. The music yeah. and all of those. Oh my oh, God. Woo. Wow. So, and, but then like literally after we left a week after that, they shut it all back down again. And it's like, but that entire city is ran on music and food. Like music and, and food. That's, food. that's the thing. It's like chicory coffee. Yes. Yeah. 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 And charbroiled oysters. I don't know if you ever had those things, but oh, they are so delicious. Insane. Well, my little brother, Wyatt, I'm so, I was so happy. That he introduced me to the fact that you can do chicory coffee at home. You literally buy chicory, you put it in with your coffee grounds, and uh, uh, you know, and and it's gonna add that taste to it. Chicory, it's like a, you know, it's a wood, and you're off and running. I, I just yeah, love the place. And then I went and did about a month in Florida visiting some family, and I got to I actually went to Epcot during the whole pandemic. Dude, I love oh. Epcot so much. I've gone by myself. This, well, and I didn't really fully understand. I went because like. Uh, Walt Disney in some ways, shapes or forms of people I look up to and like what he was trying to create and how he kind of like got to one level and just had a crazy idea for the next level. And he yeah. kept doing that. And that and Epcot was supposed to be an experimental prototype community of the future. Right. And you look at that and you see what he was planting the seeds for sustainable foods, planting the seeds for like the knowledge transfer, a lot of things that he was doing. What he's, and it almost has this burning man layout to it where you have all the different communities laid around a giant circle playa like place. And I'm like, who got inspired from where here? Yeah. Uh, but you could tell like it, you know, it de-evolved from, cause he went down when in the middle of, while he was building it. And they said, uh, amusement park? Because they didn't know how to, uh, you know, scale, how to roll that. And so um, that was kind of some, some interesting things for me. I, for you, like who's been your inspirations? You, you do things very differently. And I would love for you to kind of talk about a little bit about what you do. Um, and also, and, and like, who's inspired you along the path of what you've done? You know, I gotta say, I really am a huge fan of Walt Disney. You know, I really, I mean, he is, uh, 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 you know, I mean, what a legend. I, I, I'm obsessed with the Disney franchises and the story, all the different evolutions of it, the different sort of decades under different leadership. And, um, you know, so I definitely love that. Uh, I really love Mr. Rogers. You know, I think Mr. Rogers is, uh, you know, I don't know if you saw that, uh, that recent movie but that was also you know wonderful and um uh dr seuss i've always really been a huge fan of dr seuss um you know all the uh, those that you know that 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 those those worlds of just like total crazy imagination um anything's possible sort of always uh you know been close to my heart for sure yeah when i was uh, in oddly enough when i was in um florida winter park there's a place called roland's college mm. and their their mascot is mr rogers like that's like that's that he went to roland's college and like oh. there's like signs of him everywhere yeah. and he's like kind of like the local local hero of the place and it's so cool to see his legacy live on in a powerful way oh. um so I, I totally feel you on that one 
you know, I really, I, you know, I don't, I, I, for, from what I've researched, you know, P.T. Barnum, you know, had, had, had some incredible stories and incredible capacity. Uh, you know, a lot of that old circus, you know, the history and, and world, you know, I mean, it was the biggest form of entertainment before, you know, television and radio. And, you know, I mean, it was traveling circuses in Europe and America were, were the thing, you know, and, and uh, so I really, you know, I love that for obvious reasons. Um, and um, yeah, you know, I mean, my dad has been a huge inspiration, you know, I mean, we've gotten to spend a lot of time together. It's been fun living, uh, you know, in the same city, we get to spend a good time. I've really missed as a result of the pandemic, we had a family dinner every Sunday. And, and you know, I have a huge family, seven siblings, and we would get together most Sundays, uh, you know, and so I've really missed that since the pandemic, because it's a fun, fertile idea exchange. A bunch of my brothers are in the game industry. And so, you know, all of a sudden, not just, you know, supplicants, like we all are peers getting to hang out and, and trade ideas. And um, so it's been fun. That's beautiful. Yeah. I know I've seen you in your, your, your fancy um, uh, ringmaster outfit. Uh, <laughs> I think it was a nonprofit gala that you're having at your- Yeah, our uh, anti-gala. Our anti-gala. Anti like, anti galas are terrible. We got to do something to make them more fun. <laughs> and you know what you might like? That yeah. that outfit is actually a transformer. And so I, I worked with this woman, incredible, Melissa Simpson in LA, who's done a bunch of outfits for different, you know, rock and roll people from Kiss to whatever. Uh, and uh, she, we ended up with like multiple reversible vests you know, two different kinds of pants, like a jams, like short sort of mid length uh, and, a, and, a, and a longer sort of bell bottoms, uh, 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 two different jackets. And you and, and with that, there's a lot of combinations. It's like 10, 20 outfits, uh, you know, so it's been a fun. Uh, uh, it was a really, I really loved her approach. I was it was very cool, man. Yeah, not, what a, you're right. The when I was thinking about the circuses, it's it's like one of the first micro realities. Where like they created a world they said step into my world yeah. you know with with what they had you Suspend know and your expectations right like 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 imagine that, like this this thing you know people flying through the air that you never thought possible and, and 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 animals wild animals behaving in ways you never would have expected you know i mean i'm not a fan of animal circuses but but you know getting to that sort of imagination possibility you know, the suspension of disbelief, you know, that was all core. And, you know, clowns get a freaking super bad rap, you know, in America, but clowns are amazing and a super old form of entertainment and a way to speak truth to power and a way to, to distill down fundamental aspects of society and reflect them back to the audience, you know, and, and, you know, I mean, clowns have been around for hundreds of years. And, and, and interestingly, clowns, puppeteering, you know, a lot of these were sort of responses to censorship, you know, they were, they, they, they were like, hey, okay, you're not allowed to say, you're not allowed to speak on stage anymore, you can't speak, you know, badly about the, about the leadership, and so mimes were doing it all, you know, with pantomime, and then they're like, okay, well, no humans on stage, you're not allowed to, to speak bad to power with humans on stage, so they were like, okay, well, here's our freaking puppets, you know, and so, the, oh, it was like hackers, you know, responding to new, new, new uh, protections. And, you know, I mean, I, the, the, the information wants to be free. And, and, and these different forms of entertainment were kind of responses to, uh, 
um, you know, different regulation and whatnot. So I've always that's that's funny. It reminds me there is um, I, I read some Reddit post somewhere at some time. There's a uh, one of the one of the famous. I can't think of his names. He was a, a, a jester for like one of the princes of uh, or kings of France or something like this. And I guess like he slapped him, slapped the king on the behind, and he got really mad. And then he goes, "What's your excuse?" And he goes, "Oh, I thought you, I thought you were the queen." And then he got really, really mad. And, he, and then he went to go put him to death. And uh, and he goes, okay, you get to choose your own death. And he goes, I choose to die of old age. And then <laughs> he's like, uh, okay. And then he let him go because he couldn't think of anything good. And he's like, all right. He's <laughs> uh, about hackers that broke the system, man. I, I love like, it. I mean, that's, uh, I'm going to use that, man. Uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I remember I read it someone's like, I'm like, that was a damn good gesture. But you think about it, <laughs> you're right. It, it's like the first comedians and people give comedians like, oh, don't tell me a joke, funny man. But it's more about getting you to, because there's there's haha as in I'm silly and I fall down and you laugh at me. But right. then there's also the I'm going to point fun at societal truths or, yes. or societal flaws. And then you recognize it and you're going to, yeah. you're going to, you're going to like also laugh with me because we both laugh knew that silly. Me. Laugh with me at the, at the crazy hypocrisy. You know, I mean, dude, Stephen Colbert on the back of the insurrection was incredible, you know, I mean, and, and, and a lot of those late night hosts, they're so smart. They're so well read and, and, and are so smart that they can then you know, adapt whatever wild lunacy is happening in reality and do it in a funny way. And when you look at it like that, you're like, oh my God, that's so true. How could this even be possible? You know, I mean, it's a really neat frame. And that's how most of the new news stations, news stations, news distributions are being. You have a person who's more or less making fun of the news, but also projecting the news. And they kind of have this little, um, I don't want to say ecosystem where they have a video screen they have like these things, they have this area that's where they're giving you the information, but they're also doing their take on it, which, you know, you can, you're like, okay, that's real, but you, you get it from their perspective, which is, which is really, really powerful. Um, what do you think in terms of like technology, how is technology aiding these people? Like you, cause you know, I, I saw a very, I don't remember where it was, if you did a TEDx talk or something, but you're talking about all these different really cool futuristic possibilities of technology in terms of entertainment outside VR, but also so much more of local of things. And I was just- well, I, I mean, for me, the huge trend, you yeah. know, Dylan, major macro trend is, is from passive entertainment to active entertainment, right? For a hundred years, 200 years, 500 years, entertainment was, I'm gonna watch over there the, the performance, right? Theater, movies you know uh, or even in a book it's like I'm, I'm i'm reading along and i can imagine it but but the words on the page are are fixed and so all of that stuff you know i have no control over the world uh interactive stuff all of a sudden i have a, i have a role to play and and my kind my capabilities are being called upon and and i think that there's this really neat thing that you know i mean it started with video games and you can control with your thumbs you know, but, and then, you know, the Wii and the Connect, you could dance around, VR gives you some ability, but, you know, I think there's a, a lot to be mined in immersive theater, and, and, you know, some of the early immersive theater, you know, the best stuff is when you get to be one-on-one -on -one with the actor, right, they pull you under the stairs, and it's you and them, and, and it's, and, and why is that so amazing, because it's completely personalized to you, Dylan, you just got pulled in under the stairs and now you can ask the actor something. 
You can play along in the world that they've created and they're gonna to respond to you and what you just said. Now, that's super magical. It's also not very scalable, right? Humans are expensive. And so to yeah. give everybody at the 20,000 person concert a one-on-one -on -one experience is really, really hard to do, except if you have really great technology, right? If you start to have AI avatars and conversational interfaces and, uh, you know, whether it's robots or however, you know, or it's in, or it's virtualized, all of a sudden you really get to be personalized, you know, have the experience personalized directly to you right now today, you know, why Westworld was so compelling as a concept, right? You're getting to literally exist in this world, things you've only read about, and now you get to be in a Western environment. And in the book, you know, that you get to be in a Roman environment and you get to be in a, in a, in a, uh, medieval environment, you know, that Westworld was just one of the worlds. And, and, you know, that kind of full life amusement park, full life immersion is, is, is not only, you know, for me where the future is, but, but, but the future of learning and, and therapy and fitness and all of these different things. I just got <laughs> yesterday, we, the ring, we, like, like ring thing, right? Ring adventure. And the most best well-designed exercise tools I've ever seen. Well, if you can see, oh, just to my right is a, is a Peloton, which has completely dominated my fitness now since the pandemic, right? I mean, I've probably done 130 rides and I'm obsessed. And even the gamification is like only so, so good. It's not that great. But, but the more that you can get these things to the point where it's just this sort of like pulling you in and, 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 and the, the entertainment side is good enough that all of a sudden you're like, wow, I just got a great workout. You know, I mean, like the, yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, really the, a lot of the things is great technologies make difficult things a bit easier to do, whether that's working out, having a conversation, getting aerobics and whatever the things like that, that gamification takes you off of the actual, um, it makes it from work to play. Totally. Right. Think about a game of soccer. Right, people will play a game of soccer with a broken foot. Right, their heads in the game. You get on a treadmill and you're just like, "Oh my God, when do I get to get off this thing?" You know, I mean, and 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 I think there's a there's there's something there that like the more that you can get them not thinking about the, the pain in their body. Uh, there was that study, you know, Scandinavian study that they found people work out harder in VR. Right, the more your head is in the game, the you know the the the, the more you're willing to endure. The deeper the yeah the, the more immersive the reality the more you feel like it's you you're on you're in the stakes of the the greater the yeah hundred percent I've I've seen that. I know with our um one of the games that we made back in the day it's a sweet escape is that people get all sweaty they all get super sweaty because you the you the way you move is you got to climb you got to do this and it just you forget and you're competing and when you're competing and you're racing and you're trying to compete. Everything else is not nearly as important as, as, as beating that person in front of you. And that's why I think Peloton is succeed so well. I mean, it doesn't need a lot. You just need to know that's a human and I need to beat that human by doing this. Totally. Right. And, and I actually think even the host being like, okay, now do this, now do this. Like, we're all still here. Like you're, you, even though you know that it's a recording, like you, 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 you hang on for the whole period of it in a way that if it was like just yourself, you might be like, okay, this is enough. I'm ready to get off. Mm -hmm. You know, like, like you have a, a, the mirror neuron connection to the host.
that's the, but that's how we learn, man. That was the number one tech that we we got even before words, right? It was mere neurons. You're just like, okay, this is I'm gonna watch you do this because right. I'm I'm a monkey and I want to yep. figure out how you do it. And this is this is my myself. game. Yeah, this is my game. I'm gonna figure this thing out. It's just that we're monkeys who can think, and so we keep building contraptions on top of contraptions. But it's right. still you still have that old school hardwire stuff that like that keeps us human, right? Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. So uh, talk to me, what's been going on? Like, you know, what's new in your world? What have you been up to? I know a lot of things you have is location-based, right? Stuff. And yeah. So our, of- you know, our micro amusement park in downtown LA, uh, we yeah. closed, uh, uh, you know, out of protection for the pandemic from like, like March 14th. So, mm-hmm. you know, going on a year now, um, uh, you know, 10 months. And um, instantly, we started building a play from home game show, an interactive game show. And so much cool. like earlier, that transition from passive to active, you know, for all of the time you play, you know, you've, you've watched game shows, you've been a passive observer, right? You might play along your head, but you're watching somebody else on the game show. We really wanted to be able to give everybody the opportunity to be on the game show. And so this is a, it's a live stream. We have a host. Uh, uh, it's in the browser and then surrounding the browser is a, a chat, a leaderboard, and then all the different, uh, 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 you know, interactive challenges, open-ended trivia, multiple choice sorting, you know, kind of a, almost a price is right style mechanic. So lots of different ways to engage. It's a platform, you know, kind of toolbox for game shows. Uh, and we've now done or over 150 shows. It's, it's kind of nuts. We've really run a ton of them. Um, oh, how often do you do them? Like, are they, are they repeating? We have a public them? show. We do uh, once a week, every Thursday at seven o'clock Pacific time. Uh, it's where we try all our new stuff and, and it's kind of a fun, you know, community event. Uh, and then we do a ton of private shows, holiday parties, you know, corporate team building, uh, 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 conference happy hours. It sort of really has had a, a real broad way. And those uh, are all remote uh, applications. Yeah. Those are all remote. The, the those are all holiday. remote. Yeah, that's all done. Uh, you know, from right inside the browser. Oh, that's super cool. I mean, yeah, people are still looking for ways to connect. And I do think that like Zoom or anything else that we're using is it's necessary, but you don't get a lot of that social connection. There isn't that that random opportunity for spontaneous interactions, right? Oh, like, and, and it like really, really more than you know, the second you get more than two people. The, the idea that you and I could sort of hive off and have a conversation on the side is very tough, you know, and, 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 you know, you get 50 people in a zoom call, just terrible. All of the audio delay and everything makes it impossible. It's like, Oh, you start. Oh no, sorry. You go, Oh wait, uh, uh, you could do that forever. Um, and, you know, whereas real time you, you know, uh, there's no delay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's to make social interaction really, really tough. I feel it's a bit like it's like going into the zooms like this. It's almost like we're in seventh grade and we're at a dance and it's the first time we're dancing and we're stepping on the other person's toes the whole time. Right. Totally. Like we're moving around. We're like, you're like, Ugh. Uh, there, it, there's, there's so much room for innovation in the, in the virtual event space. Yeah. A hundred percent. Well, I know also they're, they're starting to get vaccines out right now too. They're pushing hard on those fronts. So I don't, I don't foresee it too, too long being where we're going to be able to get back in person because. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm particularly curious, you know, if what, what's going to catch on as the way to prove I've been vaccinated, right? You know, like, mm-hmm. like can 2 open up for just the vaccinated folks? Like, can we be the 
frontline worker and over 65 amusement park for a few months, you know, like, I, I don't know, like, when is California going to change those kinds of policies to make that work? But it seems like it's time. It's yeah. And that's, and that's a challenge because it's not all in our control. There's different states that do different things. Right. And then, totally. and so you're just like, you're, I won't say a victim, but we're held hostage of what, what rules get passed, you know, whether it's your small businesses or anything in person, which is, you know, we're, we're social creatures, which is a challenge. So, yeah. yeah. Right. So. And, and I actually really, you know, this is another one of those where, where I think the, the, re, the, the other collateral damage of closing everything down and is, is everybody sitting on their hands. Right. And mm. so states that are open right now, their employees are learning how to how to do COVID safely, and their their health departments are learning how to police you know things safely, and and entrepreneurs are figuring out how to operate inside of the new rule sets, and and lots of lots of innovation is happening, and when you lock everything down and kill innovation, all of a sudden you just delay, you're pushing out the timeline. You know, because you really want, you know, you want humans operating in their best interest inside of constraints, you know, because then they're going to come up with cool stuff that you never could have imagined because humans are super creative and, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll rally to the cause, you know, and, and I, I just really, I want to see more of that. A hundred percent, dude. Like the more innovation, like I'm, I always love amazing, uh, cool innovations here. Let me, I'll show you something real fast. One second. Um, so I got, oh, I think you've seen this. I think you've seen this before. I don't know. So this is the, the whole, it's a Vive Frankenstein. I can see that. Yeah. That's well, a Vive Pro. on a quest. Yeah. Wow. So, Vive on the quest. Some dude, uh, printed up 3d printed parts that snap on the auto convert a into B with just three 3D printed parts, one for the top, oh, and two for the top. So you can use the sort of cool headset portion yeah. on top but of the Quest. A little 3D printer that's super useful that everybody has that some guy decided to go, you know what, I'm gonna make this a thing. Oh my God, it, I'm just right? setting up my form labs. Do you have that, the, 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 the file for that? Can I print up my own? I don't have the file. Um, you could probably order one and then just do the form labs over there. Um, uh, I didn't. I didn't get the. I didn't get the. I didn't get the three D. That wasn't an option. He just prints them up and sends them. But they're super Great. simple. That's they're super too. simple. Perfect. They're so they're perfect. basic shapes, man. Um, but I got it. I was just like, I love it. I like three D printed parts. And oftentimes yeah. I pause and I look back and go, We're in the future. We're in the we've future. Got, we've got VR and biofeedbacks and things that can read your brain and so, uh, we're trying to go to Mars and this stuff. And so what yeah, legitimate self-driving cars and yeah. you know, really what, is the future. Rockets yeah, taking people to you know, we got a rock yeah. concert happening in space. I mean, it's bananas. Yeah. So do you see yourself like moving on, like moving past this whole the the future, like in the next couple of months or years here? Do you want to stay inside uh, physical entertainment? Is that is that something that you're really interested in? Or are you looking no, to do I, more? I, I absolutely love live and we'll always love live. And and two bit is gonna, you know, we made all of the 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 changes to be able to reopen two bit. So that I'm very excited about. It's been really fun building these play from home game shows. And frankly, we this was stuff we wanted before we ever closed the park, you know, because that that interactive game show theater we have at the park 
is is something that that we always wanted people to be able to play from home. And so once we reopen the parks, we'll keep running the virtual stuff and it'll connect to the physical. You know, I think that the, the, in the go forward model, hybrid is going to be the new mod mode mm. in that you'll be able to come live. And if you can't come live, well, there, here's the virtual option, but here's the sort of, you know, panoply of ways you can engage. Um, and so we'll definitely do that. And then, you know, we're going to continue to, to explore, you know, we're, we're, our favorite stuff is bringing people together for fun. And yeah. so whether that's a mail delivered thing and, and you get over, you know, some virtual solution or you're coming live to one of our parks, uh, we'll, we're, we're, we're down to, we're down with both. That's one thing I love about all the tech that you make is always fun and brings people together. And so I remember you did, you did like beta nights. I remember. Yeah, like, beta nights, dude. I miss beta yeah. nights so much. <laughs> oh, thank you for bringing that up. It's yeah, like, yeah. What what, I, could you explain a little bit more about beta nights, what it was and what the purpose yeah. was of it? Well, you know, so, okay. Those amusement parks, they're huge, right? I mean, 38,000 square feet. And, and you know, the content in there, a lot of it we built, more than half of it we built ourselves. Some of it we curated, we, we, we you know, bought. And some of it, you know, was, you know, sort of emerged out of the community. Either we found stuff that we loved and we helped them adapt it for public or, or, or creators who had cool stuff in their garage, you know, and, and were wa wanting to experiment and test. Uh, uh, you know, would, would come out. And so, so beta night happened once a quarter, uh, a Tuesday night, we'd, you know, there'd be 20, 30 new attractions would, would come and set up inside the park. It was like a big showcase of fun and new and weird. And we've had robot boxing and projection map ping pong and real life whack-a-mole and, you know, all, you know, a pizza apocalypse game multiplayer. I mean, just all sorts of weird. And, you know, it was always a, it was, you know, the promise was like, hey, you're going to get to try new stuff. It might be not finished. It might be buggy. You might get a splinter, but you're going to be there right for the new. And, and it was just always a really high energy, fun night of, of, of you know, shared uh, uh, experience. And, and, and you I know, love it, man. It's so much it reminds me a lot of when I did a lot of like um, in-person meetups for our OCVR things. And we do like demo nights where you get together and there's that joy of the novelty. There's that joy yeah. of sharing something that someone's made. There's that, that yeah. knowing that, Hey, the acceptance of it being buggy and it being right. okay. You're right. Yeah. And, and just being willing to work through it because you're so excited. And there's that, um, there is a feeling of, about the culture of like the people that were in this kind of space that like, we're all in it together kind of thing. There's like totally. this whole, like, for the for the joy of the thing right it. yeah and, and the deadline you know there's something to like <laughs> tuesday i gotta have it done you know it's like you can't just keep pretending that it's not finished or that you're going to get to it later like you either made the deadline or not are you going to be ready for tuesday what are you going to be ready pencils down you know and and i think that having a deadline is very powerful you know and 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 a, and a moment to be able to celebrate and exhibit you know, you learn so much, you know, out of putting it through, you maybe built it for you and your friends. And all of a sudden, Granny comes in and little Johnny and you're like, Oh, my God, it's too small, or it's too big, or it's the contrast is screwed. You know, it's like you need real people to to, 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 to bounce off. ideas. Yeah, it's yeah, like like a comedian needs an audience, like you need to have people to test this on. It's the same thing, like when we did, like hackathons and those type of things as well. It's like, you, you can't just 
like, oh, make it in the corner. Most times you never do it either. You need that fire. You need that competition. You need your, yes. your friends to help you. You need yes. all of that stuff mixed together in the right energy with the, the timeline and everything to really come together to say that the magic comes out because like you need to be, there's something, and I don't know what it's about or where it comes from without getting too woo woo here, but like there's something that comes that you get struck with like this insight of out of out of desperation of needing to finish something yeah. that you come up with and you couldn't do unless you got pushed against the wall pushed against the wall and you had to this and, and 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 the night before you were up all night to make sure that you had something done because your freaking reputation is on the line you know and all of that is, is you know packs mm. in and now you know open up the circle a little bit more and it's and you're not a creator like you and me you're an aspirational creator Right, you want to create. You're a you're a young kid, curious about the domain, and you come and now you're inspired, and you get to see other people doing it. And you look up to Dylan, and you say, "Man, I want to be like that guy, and I want to make my own stuff." And so there's this cascading mentorship that happens, and 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 so the the you know being able to pull back the curtain and see the process is its own bit of inspiration, you know, and and folks who. Or, or maybe folks who aren't creators themselves, but like to help out and give feedback, right? They want to be part of the process. They, they have an opinion. You know, all of those people have a place. It's, and, and it's neat. It's a cyclical feedback loop of energy too. Like one thing you're talking about there that, that really, really you talk about cascading mentorship, but at the same time, like, yes, like you, one, there's, there's no greater feeling than to put someone through an experience that you made and give them a sense of joy or something that they feel a feeling. Maybe you scare the crap out of them. I don't know, but whatever yeah. it is that you want to give them, you're giving them. That's one thing. And at the same time is not only the cascading membership, but like the mentors get energy from the people demoing, the people demoing, get energy from the, the mentors. And then the energy gets, and there's like this big cosmic cycle of energy going around in a circle making that innovation at that moment's edge and being able to say like what do you think and then you get in that 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 jivey like oh what, what about this Back oh we could forth. do this oh yeah and and, yep. and you oh you're doing it this way you might want to try this you know it, it makes it better and you know time and again when i talk to first-time entrepreneurs they're like oh my gosh i'm gonna get a patent and i'm really would you sign my nda and i'm really worried somebody's gonna steal my idea and that is exactly the wrong way to think because the reality is nobody freaking cares. Nobody cares. You know, people that are, 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 are incapable aren't going to be able to do anything with your idea. And the ones that are capable are freaking slammed and have no time to steal your idea. You know, you have to be the one that loves it the most and, and, and you know, and, and is the most excited about it. And you're only going to benefit from telling people about it and showing them and practicing yourself, even pitching it, because chances are the beginning of the idea is freaking terrible, <laughs> yep. you know, and it needs the <laughs> feedback. It needs people to say, well, that's weird. What if you did it like this, you know, or whatever, like you, you sort of, uh, you learn so much more by being, being free with it than by trying to wall it in. Yeah. There's, it's a, it's a value exchange. You, no one will steal your idea but then you'll get no innovative help to project your idea to another level. So, yes. and, and that's one of the things I've seen with uh, young designers, developers, is that sometimes they get so deep on a project, they start to become antisocial. They stop looking online. They stop looking for innovation. They stop, they stop, they think that their thing's the big, biggest thing, but because they're afraid to tell anybody, they don't realize that there's about 10 to 30 people already doing it better than them right. in all these other areas. And you if they just learn that. 
they never learn it. You never get a chance to learn that because you don't open yourself up to, to say, Hey, here's what I got. Here's my dream for it. What do you think it, yeah. On, yeah. on that? No. What do you think? Like, what do you think are a couple of the other mistakes that people make when they're getting into the space? The young people that are like, Hey, I, I want to build this or do this or whatever. What are some typical pitfalls that you see on that path? You, you know, I, I, another one is I think the relationship that folks have with the investment process and, and, and investors in general. I think there's this idea that it's like, when I get investment, I'll have really made it, you know, like all I got to do is get the investor. And, and, you know, it, it's, a, it's really a continuum, you know, and, and, and mo- oftentimes the investors show up sort of at the very last moment that you, that they possibly could, right. You've proven so much and you've got so much done and you've really built, you know, so much of the infrastructure, they, they're, they're now, they now finally believe you, but it's like six months after the first introduction, right? <laughs> you know, like you never get the, you know, I've never met an investor in the very first time they were like, yep, done. Here's a check. Go for it. You know, it take it's a, it's, it's, it's a long getting to know you process where, you know, this is about building a relationship and building trust and, and, and them being able to, and part of that trust is them being able to see, gosh, I really like Dylan and, 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 and that thing he said he was going to do two months ago, he freaking did, you know, and, and it's like it, 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 as a result of going through that process back and forth, you start to, to, to land at a, you know, um, it's a, it's a relationship and it's, it's, it's like a marriage without the sex. Right. And so you're, you're going into this thing and it's a, it can be intense. And if you don't have the right investors, or are you just taking in just for the money? You don't have a culture alignment. You can go through a very, very painful place. Oh my God, man. The best advice I ever heard from somebody around the investment process was, was to like, for every potential investor, close your eyes and imagine it's 9am Saturday morning. And this person is calling you after they've invested, right? Like, do you want to pick up the phone? Do you like this person? Or do you want to talk with them? all the time, you know, because from the moment that the investment happens, they're going to be like, Hey, how's it going? What are you doing with my money? You know, what's the latest, you know, and, and that could be a relationship that's going to last a decade, you know? So if you are uncomfortable before they've even given you the money, imagine what it'll be like in five years when there's been two pandemics and a freaking global meltdown and all sorts of pain and suffering across every level. You know, you want to be so excited about working with that person because it's only the, it's going to only get harder. <laughs> there's so many pitfalls. Like, yeah. Cause they just, they only said this is, this is the peak, but it's really just a plateau. You get to that top and you're like, Oh, Oh yeah. Now, now make a profitable business that is so profitable. You sell it and then you'd be able to return investment on everybody else. But it's just, it's not like, it's a challenge and, and, and to navigate those roads and keep a team together and do, because you, you have to, you have to be able to evolve along the path, right? Like if you can't evolve along the path and you're in, you're in some serious trouble. So, 
know, I think a lot of innovation is 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 about evolution, right? Like mm. you have an idea, a theory, and you're running little tests to prove that theory, and 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 you're getting feedback, and you're changing it, and you're iterating it. Back to our earlier conversation, why is it important to tell people? Because every single time you do, you're going to get a little feedback. You're going to get a little. It's going to evolve a little bit. Even the pitch process of presenting to investors, they're going to ask questions. Your your pitch is going to change a little bit each time. You learn, it changes, it tweaks it. And so all of that stuff is part of the evolution of an idea. Uh, my favorite example is is the story of Bop It. You remember that toy Bop It? You know, I remember Bop It? Yeah. Spin it, push it, twist it. Lock so it. that guy literally went out to make a freaking remote control for televisions, and he was like, "It could be a football." And people were like, "Whatever, dude. We don't care." He's like, "What if it was like a you know a." a a basketball and they're like no we still don't care he's like okay it's a television remote but in order to change the channel you twist it and to and to turn it off you you bop it and people were still like whatever man we don't care and then finally he was like okay screw the tv part it's a toy and then it just like went you know crazy <laughs> but like the guy set out to make a remote control and and if he'd never taken the first step even if it was the wrong direction it, it took the evolve, the, you know, the, the evolving it over and over and over again before he found the real thing, which turned out to be a toy completely different than what he thought, but it worked. What's okay. It's hundred percent agree. And there's, there's a magic in talking to other people and there's a magic to, to, to not, to not holding your idea so tightly that yeah. it, it, it doesn't Dude, actually are cheap. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sorry, keep going. No, no, man. No, I, I, I was rolling with you. I was just curious on the on the front of like, so there's a magic in that. And it sounds like you have a philosophy behind building, designing, evolving ideas. Can you talk to me a little bit about like, what is your process for designing innovation, so, things like that? You know, a big one is, you know, don't be precious with them right? Like you are going to have a ton of ideas, a ton of them are going to be terrible. Just, just, just let a thousand flowers bloom. Also give them sort of time to bloom. You know, oftentimes for me, an, an idea starts with scribbling on a piece of paper, you know, and, uh, and, and then at some point I'm reviewing the paper and it ends up as an Evernote. And then it's like, oh yeah, that thing would be kind of neat. And then that Evernote starts to grow. And week on week, I'm reading a news article or whatever. And I'm like, oh, that's sort of interesting. And, and that article gets pasted in the Evernote. And then two weeks later, somebody mentions something and a book gets pasted in the Evernote. And by the time I'm ready to kind of revisit that project, it's like grown and it's got quotes and, and, and metrics and, and leads and sources and all sorts of stuff. And now it's like I can spend an hour turning that into a real deck or into something else but it's sort of that early stage where it just sort of is like a planet forming just needs gas and dust and all sorts of stuff and then at a certain time it gets enough information together and it turns into a thing right and now you can mm. make a deck and you can go and start pitching or you can go and test a thing or you know but it but it it doesn't have to you can just sort of let that early phase be messy and 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 accumulatory uh, you know uh Anyway, it makes a ton of sense. There's there's something about trying to force something out too quickly that just it ruins the the joy of it. And it's hard because if you lose, if you try to force something through, you lose the joy of the thing that you do sometimes. All right. And then it and then it stops being that thing because then you're no longer propelled by, isn't that fun? Like, for example, like when I got into virtual reality, it's when I backed Kickstarter Oculus, I put the headset on oh, and my wow. mind was blown. And I was just like, oh. 
yes, more of this. How do I do more of this? And then just that energy of how do I don't know what I'm doing, but other people like this thing. Do you want yeah. to put this put this on your head? What do you think? You what should we do? Early. You guys yeah. were you guys were moving fast. I mean, it's so awesome. Yeah, but that thing is that it's but there was that genuine excitement and just going, I don't know how to code or program or design or develop. Yeah, but or I love this thing enough that I'm gonna mow down every barrier there is to make it happen. And that's what it was, but you, but you stand and you give it time. And, and there's like, you know, like the, one of the things that we're working on right now, I wrote down and I had as part of a pitch that I wanted to do three years ago. And it just, I tried nothing, just didn't work. Right. And I was like, uh, oh. and then going on this whole long adventure of all these clients and working on things. And I started to build this thing again. I look back and go, oh, this is that thing. Yeah. Oh, oh. It's just, just marinating a roundabout way to get there. <laughs> you know, I think about two bit, man. We mm. knew that we liked live. Mm. We didn't really know exactly what we wanted to build. And so mm. we just started doing consulting for everybody else, you yeah. know, and for years we were building stuff for everybody else. And it was through that process that we converged on what it is we wanted to do for ourselves. And when we first started, we didn't know we were going to open a micro amusement park, but you know, six years on, you know, all of a sudden that was clear. <laughs> Dude, I love it, man. I remember seeing your deck for that one back in the day before it was a thing. And you're like, oh, we're going to have a, a robot bartender. We're going to have these others like, oh, look at this stuff. And it was so just to feel the energy, man. And that's the thing is like a lot of times you're when you don't have the thing fully created, the, the showman, the person who feels that vision, they're giving that energy to people. And you need to have that. You need to feel it and feel it as real. I, you know, and, and you, we were talking about sort of what are the things the entrepreneur needs? And, and, and that's a big one, you know, is that the, as the entrepreneur, you need to be the most bought in, right? Because as a result of, of your passion for it, your really palpable passion, you're going to be able to go and convince staff people, right? And partners to, to, to get on board, investors to come on board, partner, you know, customers to come on board, right? You, it's all going to start with your energy and love for it, you know, because at that, when there is nothing else, it's you, you know, they're investing in you and the, and the promise of the idea, you know, but, but it's going to come from your passion. And, and, you know, the, the, that big thing is it's like Monday morning and the thing that you're talking about doesn't exist, right? If you don't move and do something, it's nothing will happen. You know, it's, let me ask you a question about that one, because it's not the, the road of entrepreneurship or development and stuff. It's not an easy, nor is it a straight path. And the ability to get up and keep on the grind is a um, is something that is developed or learned or or maybe innate in some people. But with you, I mean, like entrepreneurship, you, you, you've got to find a reason to keep going. What what is your motivation? What is your drive? What gets you up and going when you have these visions? Because you could you could do anything. You can go in any direction. There's a bunch of things you could do and go in these areas, but you keep pushing on this type of stuff. What's what keeps you going when you know you have those down days? You know, uh, it's a good question. You know, I mean, I think that that it is. I mean, I do. I still just love this space, you know, I mean, my, I do feel like my, my work and my play are getting murky and overlappy, you know, it's like, you know, sometimes my, what, you know, brothers and I'll go and do a immersive experience and, and, 
And I don't know if I'm working or playing because I'm like doing research for like what we might, you know, some things that we might make. But at the same time, I'm like playing a freaking somebody else's game. Like, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, and so I do just love, I mean, I just love this domain uh, and, and obsessed with games. And, you know, so, so that is, is, is super helpful. Uh, you know, I do really, you know, from a macro, I really believe that immersive entertainment is, is like an answer to a lot of problems. Like, like because the, at the core, a game is something you want to do, right? Play is something you want to do. And so that can start with entertainment, but if you take things that people wanna do and, 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 and then you're able to add in a learning component or a fitness component or a therapy component, or a, you know, all of a sudden, that back to what we were talking about earlier, is a very powerful combination because you want to do it and you're getting a benefit. Oh my God! You know, they just had the first video game, you know, licensed by the, the FDA for for treating uh, uh, PTSD, not PTSD, uh, 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 ADHD. I mean, that's amazing. You know, all of a sudden, a drug instead of taking a freaking pill, you're being pres prescribed a video game to play. You know, that is super powerful. The biggest deployment of VR on the planet, Walmart's training infrastructure for their employees. You know, I mean, that's really powerful. And so if you imagine sort of the number of different ways in which these technologies could be applied to much, you know, more mission critical stuff, the training of a surgeon and, and, and bodies, you know, cadavers are not at risk. The, the education of a, of, a, of a fifth grader through the Notre Dame in VR that they could never see in real life. You know, all these things are, are you know, unlocking of human capacity that, you know, might not happen otherwise. Yeah, and having something where instead of you taking something that is a pill or something else, but you're literally retraining your brain by going through a game and redefining your behavior patterns, your, your, your concepts, your beliefs, your whatever, whatever it might be, but doing it because you want to, want I mean, to. the I want mean, to is, a, is so hard. I think like, of the matrix, right? I know Kung Fu, you know, but it's sort of like that. Like, you know, I mean, as a result of having a Peloton, I now am, you know, I have endurance for biking, you know, I mean, and it, like uh, you, you, you put on your headset and, and uh, you know, you blink after a, a habit and you've got biceps, you know, I mean, these, there's a, it's getting, it's getting interesting. I love that. What for you, is, is there any features you subscribe to? I don't know if you've read Ready Player Two yet. I don't know. I'm in the middle you're... of it. I'm literally yeah. almost halfway through it. Okay. Talk yeah. to me, talk to me. Oh, well, maybe talk to me so far what you think so far, but is there any of these types of things that I've, I've listened to it? It's awesome. Is there any of these guys or any of those other types of futures that you're like, I want that future. I'm inspired by that technology. Cause a lot of time entertainment sells us a fantasy that then technology has to live up to. Yeah. So you know, I mean, Hey, and, and it's a sad, you know, a lot of ready player two is pretty dystopian. You know, that's not a world mm -hmm. I want to live in yeah. with the exception that like the ONI, you know, the neural mm -hmm. interface, I think is super fascinating because all of the work that we've done to try to recreate reality in virtual is pretty rugged. You know, if you want to do walking, it's like you need an omnidirectional treadmill, which is like freaking a hundred thousand dollars, and you need a room the size of a, you know, I mean a garage. It's just bananas. Yeah. But if you could, if you could short circuit the like 
meat puppet version and just go straight to the brain, that's amazing, you know? And now all of a sudden I don't need to synthesize food and recreate the nuances of filet mignon. I just tell your brain you had filet mignon, you know? And that is a pretty great, you know I mean? I, I, I love that, that, that concept of like yeah. short circuiting the, 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 the sensor requirement in order to get the neural response. It's one of those quantum leaps, you know, like atomic bomb or whatever you want to call it in terms of technology upgrades. That is the one thing I could see out that would, that could possibly do it is Elon Musk Neuralink. Yep. You know what I'm Neuro talking about? Totally. Talking about, and he's doing that so that we can compete with robots, but that's something that is literally, it's a chip that's implanted in your, in your brain and you have a Bluetooth app on your phone. That controls. <laughs> what could go wrong? <laughs> I can't see any anything wrong besides a couple of clowns hacking into the system, you know, as they say. You know, right? I mean, it's so funny, and this is why science fiction is amazing. You know, is because we've had the warning signs have been have been spelled out for us. <laughs> but it's so fun, man! It is so fun, and also like same thing. Look at Black Mirror, so those other episodes, and. Uh, Dude. I mean, this is one of the things that I, I, I really do feel like everybody should be listening to science fiction or reading it because it predicts the future, you know, mm. and, and science fiction authors are oftentimes scientists, right? Scientists projecting what they imagine the future could be. And, and, and oftentimes they are, if everybody's like elated with a technology, they take a really dystopian view. And if people are really bummed, they take kind of a utopian view, you know, and it's sort of like can be a, either either an aspiration or a warning sign of like, hey, let's not have this happen because imagine what would happen if we lived in a police state and everything was monitored. You know, they, 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 they sort of hold something constant and show you what could be. And, and you know, the science fiction purists you know, something like Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings, that is fantasy. You know, science fiction has to be the plausible possible where you could imagine real science, real ability for us to get to this version. And, and, and I think that's a powerful thing because, because it is actually science fiction. Uh, and, and, you know, and I, and I think that's a I love the science fiction that's like five to 10 years out that right. like they consulted with some sort of technical expert. Totally. And then when they come out with it, it is all like within the realm of like, well, that could happen. Not too yeah. far out. The so, Okay. No joke, dude. There is a thing in LA and in DC called the science and entertainment exchange. And this is a, a, a funded nonprofit whose entire purpose is to connect people writing stories and making movies and writing podcasts and whatever with real scientists to make sure <laughs> that the media that they're creating is like internally consistent. And I just love that. It's because oh. they put out such great content. It's totally rad. Go to a, a science and entertainment exchange meetup when they have them back or their virtual stuff. But it's reliably cool because they get great scientists talking about really great concepts and, and there are enough people that believe in the need for this, that they're funding it to make sure that, you know. Oh, that's so beautiful. That is like 
my favorite type of genre topic to like listen and binge on and, and go into or I, I whenever I say read I mean listen to great and and thank god that there's someone reading me bedtime stories through an dude app. until you can get the neural link you know yeah. whatever, whatever you need yeah whatever. <laughs> download right yeah. I think uh, the closest way now is they have uh, those deprivation chambers that you can go into where there's no distractions and they kind of like play a little bit of like at hyperspeed, you know? Oh my God. Have you so, been into one of the ones like in the salt water where you're literally complete sensory deprivation? Mm -hmm. oh, yep, 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 yep. I had one, I went in there. It was a, it was quite the experience. I was doing pretty well till about two and a half hours. And then I kind of like lost where I was. And I kind of yeah. like, I, I felt like the Terminator who got dropped into like the pit of lava. And I kind of wow. came up, I was, I was like, ah! <laughs> I just ran out of there. It was too... Yeah. It was too much, but you you drop into that flow, zeny, other world kind of place that um, it's 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 sometimes hard to tell like where you get the lines of reality blur very well inside those places because you have nothing to hold on to, right? You just drift. You literally mentally, psychologically drift, and it's I don't know. You have you. I've done it one time and loved yeah. it. It was weird and awesome. Uh, you know, I'm an experienced junkie, so. That's <laughs> <laughs> all we got is experiences, man. Yeah, man, uh, that's true. Yeah, what is, so like this, if, if people are, um, if there's some piece of advice you would give to, um, you know, a young adventurer starting out in this world of, of high technology entertainment, how would they get started? Um, where would they go? What would they do? What recommendations would you have for them? You know, I think the the best thing is to just like get started making stuff. And and I know and I don't mean to be flippant, but don't overanalyze it. Don't think that this one project is your end all be all project for life. You know, you're going to do lots of projects and get the shitty ones out of the way first. <laughs> you know, like just start working because all of it, you know, the the even if you start working on a terrible idea, the act of working on it is going to mean you started to build your database of investors and they are now, you know, now know their names and you're going to have to hire a CFO and you're going to have a selection of people to work with and you're going to have engaged with a bunch of other people. All of that stuff helps you get better at whatever you're ultimately going to do. And so the, the faster that you can just get started at anything and almost don't overanalyze it. If you don't know what you want to do, then just pick freaking anything because you just need to get started and 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 the act of getting started will will you know kickstart the whole process and once you're in the mix you're going to start to meet people who are going to be like hey I, I don't know what the hell you're working on and it sounds terrible but i have this real problem i'd love your help with and you could look at that time and be like should i do the thing i'm doing or, or help the person that needs help you know or whatever you know you're just going to sort of be exposed to new stuff and so i think the faster that People just do stuff, do just start building uh, the better. That's beautiful. And just curiosity and I'm, what principles or what mission statement or what things does Tubit Circus are you hold? What is that? What are kind of like the, the, the value sets that you hold as a company or as an individual that you kind of follow on like on to, to carry you through course? Wow. Yeah. You know, it's interesting when we first started 
two-bit, we looked at all the models. We're like, should this be a nonprofit or should it be a for-profit or is there what else is what else is there? And you know, we looked around and there was the benefit corporation and you know a couple of different ways in which we could set it up. And you know, it 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 was really important to both Eric and I that it you know was sort of a multi you know multi multi bottom line. You know, we really from the beginning were, were interested both in in you know a profitable enterprise but one that had you know knowledge of the community and 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 was a great place to work and employees loved it and you know uh uh, 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 uh environmentally aware and you know all of those things i think are important and the company of the future is going to sort of hit all of them and and uh so you know we have a whole parallel nonprofit, the the two-bit circus foundation which does a lot of stem and steam learning all over la and and and, and the rest of the us um, so, you know, I mean, we were, we were big in that, you know, that it should really not just be about profit at all costs, but, but multi, multi bottom line. Um, mm. uh, you know, we, in our core are about social, you know, we really want to bring people together. We really believe that humans are social and that a lot of great comes out of social. A lot of the things you've mentioned, you know, randomness and inspiration and, uh, 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 connectedness, bonding, you know, all of those things are really powerful at a time when technology is very alluring and, and you might not think to do that, you know, and, and, you know, I mean, I really think that, especially now that remote work is, 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 is lodged in and is, and is not going anywhere, we're going to need to be more and more intentional about getting together, you know, and, and, and I think that, that the onus is on the individual to have some structure in their life, you know, like, like a, a commute and, and showing up nine to five Monday through Friday is some structure that you can build your life around, you know, in the pandemic, what's the difference between Tuesday and Sunday? Nothing, nothing, no difference, you know, and so it's really on you to, to, to come up with the right way to operate. And, and as an extreme, you could be drunk all the time. Or, and, and, and that'd be bad, you know, or you could work out and that would be good. You know, like there's, a, there are best practices for how to structure your life, you know, and, uh, but, but that they're not necessarily intuitive. And, and I think that there's, there's now more increasing onus on the individual to like be mindful about their structure. Uh, so I think about all that a lot. <laughs> um, no, man, it's, no, it's, it's, it's deep. You got a lot, you got that there in the, um, you're talking about every time society goes through an evolution, right? Uh, industrial age, we cut off a piece of something that we we're used to for some sort of productivity goal, right? For example, like, you know, left the farms, all that stuff to go into the city, go in the city, we cut ourselves off from kids and some of those people we became a cog in the wheel, right? And then, you know, but we could go to work, but we still, we'd still have that social relationships. But then now, for various reasons, we're now doing everything remote. And that is, again, it's much more productive, but then we lose that humanistic element. And so right. Right. it seems like a lot of that social value sets comes back, refining our humanistic side, refining like who we are. Yeah. Right, in a way. yeah. And figuring out uh, exactly what, you know, what are the parts, what are the parts that social and that humanistic that really is important to do live? Like, let's do more of that stuff, you know, driving across town, for your commute in order to go and be alone in your office 
not so helpful, right? You know, but but the version that does have you really getting together with your colleagues and having the high bandwidth way that you can communicate when you're all live in the same room, that's really special. You know, it might be that that your office now is one-tenth the size of what it needed to be before, but you're only getting together one day a week and it's gonna be facilitated, right? With a creative, you know, person that's gonna help you, you know, your team operate the best that they can. And you can afford it because you're paying for 10% of the real estate you had to before, you know? Like there's new ways to think about it. No, that's super fun. And I love the facilitation of, I've had a couple of times people come in when we had an office, yeah. uh, you know, people come into the, come into the office and facilitate like games and activities and team building type of things, but also in fun, weird, weird ways, man. And there's, there, there's this elements to it that are, uh, that are um, primal um, and fun and, uh, there's this one, I'll tell you about this one I did that was super fun. Um, just a, just one social creature to another. I think you might enjoy this. Um, we were at a, um, a plant medicine ceremony. We'll say that. Um, and there's lots of music. And everybody was standing around in a circle. Well, we were first together. And then we, we were kind of going towards the end. And we decided to, um, there was one facilitator who was a music maker very famous music maker woman does incredible work uh very powerful uh but she had all of these different types of music guys maracas and drums and beats and things like that we all stood in the center we all stood in a circle and then what happened was all kind of keeping a beat and then one person would just randomly shout or scream whatever they want to do and then everyone else would kind of mimic it and then another person would do it and we were going this very tribal kind of like and just you felt that energy of just very primal very needed very visceral very down to earth but very like no words are being communicated but so much is being communicated music is a is international you know language like I, I actually really feel like i was just saying to someone before this call about how much i wish we had more like drinking songs and singing together you know because that's wonderful oh, you know man. i miss that i, I miss know? that it was so fun i did i was actually in new orleans for halloween um, oh, I, wow. I that that was it was open just enough for me to see one band only one time i really saw in new orleans and it was incredible oh. and i was just like oh my god i love this i forgot how much i like music dude oh, you know my wife was working out there for a little while i came out to visit and it was so awesome you know new orleans is this is really a, it's yeah. a super special place yeah no, but that, that getting together in, in person is huge but you know we we adjust to what we have and again like this same thing like this we're we're connecting over here and you know, you could, in, in, yeah, we could have drinks together. We could go into VR together. We can go and do, there's so many things that we can, we can do. Um, but at the same time, there is, um, it, it, it's going to be different. And I think when we will get together, it will feel more special now that like we don't get to do it as often. So when you get together with people, it does feel more, more special, more, more magical. Yeah, I agree. Um, I totally agree. So is there, is there anything else that you'd like to mention? Cause we're, we're, we're getting ready to wrap up here. And before I ask people, uh, before I ask you how you can, people can get a hold of you and what you're doing, what you're up to, is there anything else you'd like to share anything no, um, that I, you want to? The only thing is I'd say it's come join our game show. 
You know, we, we have a public game show every Thursday, seven o'clock Pacific. It's a ton of fun. Uh, come hang out with Josh and Eric and Game Show Bot 3000. Uh, it's a ridiculous interactive, you know, playground. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I'm there all the time. It's, you know, it's a lot of fun. Dude, I love it, man. Like, I've, I've been to so many of your events that I've been, and it's always a blast. I was in your in-person game show when you did the anti-gala night. Oh, that yeah. Was, that was fun and terrifying at the same time. My friend oh. got called. Someone got called on stage. was like, you go. He's like, no. I'm like, you go. Go. <laughs> <laughs> it was super fun. So, yeah, man, I, I, I'd love to attend. It'd be, it'd be a blast. So Great. Well, it's on our website, 2bitcircus.com. Uh, you'll see there. It's called Remote, the remote game show. 2bitcircus.com, uh, Remote. Yeah. So yeah, it comes and it just go in there on events and you'll be able to sign up, but it's all over our social media, two bit circus and, and whatnot. So yeah, would love to, would love to have you. And uh, that's about it, man. I mean, just can't wait for it to get this thing live. Let's hang out at beta night and you know, let's. The deal. Let's do it for sure. Brett, you're awesome, man. Thank you so much for being on. I really appreciate your time, brother. Dylan, I, I really appreciate you doing this and thanks for having me. Absolutely. Take care now. Thanks, Bye. buddy. Thank you for listening to the Heroes of Reality podcast. Check out heroesofreality.com for more episodes. While you're there, you can also take the Heroes quiz to find out what kind of hero you are. Or if you have a great story and want to be on the podcast, tell us why your hero's journey will inspire others. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side.